Well, as we have come to the message this morning, and before I read the passage, I want you to think about something, and then as I read the passage, to read it through that lens, through that filter. In order to really make a difference, you first need to know what the real need is and what the real problem is. If you misdiagnose the need or the problem, it's not very likely that what we try to do to solve that problem or to meet that need is going to go very far or be very effective. So as I read these words from John 8, 31 through 47, and then skipping to 58 and 59, and be asking yourself, what is the real need and what is the real problem? To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave is no, has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because I have no, you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. If you are doing the works, you are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And at this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Thus far, the word of the Lord. 
Holy Spirit, we pray that now, and by your guidance and your presence, and your wisdom, that you would help these words come to life for us and be life to us. That we might hear, and in hearing, might believe, and in believing, respond in love, and in responding in love, Lord, belong. And so, Lord, we give you this time, and we give you these words, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned um, earlier, um, the middle schoolers are at their retreat and on their way back, and partly because we have two middle schoolers, um, I experience a lot of middle school. And one of the things that happens almost daily is that our kids come home, especially Caleb, um, because the friends that he hangs out with are into memes, right? So he always comes home and says what the latest one is and sometimes drives us nuts with them because one of the most recent ones that his friends tell each other when they're told or asked to do something is, can't control me. <laughs> okay? Can't control me. So whenever we say to Caleb, Caleb, it's time to practice the cello. Can't control me. <laughs> okay? And you can see how that might drive us a little crazy. But the other thing and that is true of our middle schoolers, and I think not just middle schoolers, um, but us as human beings in general, is that one of the things that Caleb and Krista most have been longing for um, and need since we've moved here is a place to belong, um, a place to connect, and friends that will accept them for who they are, just as they are, but hopefully won't let them stay that way. And that will help them become more of who they are than more of who they were intended to be. And things, I think, have always um, been that way. And that that is one of our deepest needs and longings. And yet, our response often um, to God's overtures of come and belong is, can't control me. Because we think that somehow freedom means our autonomy um, or our independence. And it hasn't changed much since Jesus' time here on earth in his earthly ministry. Um, just a little history to help us set the backdrop um, of this passage. Israel was situated in an interesting place in the world on the Mediterranean, which was basically a crossroads where other empires would pass through on their way to conquering wherever it is that they were going to conquer. So they would come from the south, Egypt, from the east, Syria and Babylon, and then eventually from the west, Rome. And on their way through, they at times would also do the same thing to Israel. Take over and control. And so Israel, being this small little kingdom, um, actually was amazing that for as much of its time in history um, that it was in existence there at Jesus' time and before, was um, independent, was its own sovereign kingdom. At times, though that wasn't the case, at times they were even carted off um, into exile. 
before they even came to this land that God told them was the promised land, they were slaves in Egypt. And so we get to this passage and this interaction between Jesus, and interestingly, it says that Jesus was talking to the people who had believed him. Who had believed him. In other words, something along the way has begun to change that, whether it was being told that they needed to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, which we were told a little ways back was a very difficult thing for them to understand and to wrestle with, or if his interactions with people like the woman caught in adultery, which happens just before this passage, where Jesus tells her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Perhaps they're wrestling with that, and how could Jesus respond in that way um, and in that situation? But revisionist history is nothing new either, because what do they say to Jesus? We have never been slaves to anyone. We have never been slaves. When the whole thing that made them who they were was being rescued from slavery by God in the Exodus, it was the most formative experience of God's people up to that point. So what's going on in this response? Somehow the people at the time elevated this whole idea of freedom to just being independent, to being self-determining, to being able to do, this is another thing we hear other middle schoolers say, fortunately not ours yet, but when I grow up, I get to do whatever I want. Right? And how many of us adults <laughs> get to do whatever we want? <laughs> but somehow that understanding of freedom had taken hold in a way because of the fact that they were under control of the Romans, that they felt like that the real problem was Rome and the real solution was to be free in this way that they understood it. And here comes Jesus saying, no, actually, you have both the problem and the need wrong. You're not quite getting it. The real need is not to just be free. The real need is to belong. We have been created for belonging. We belong to one another. We belong to creation and we belong to God. And the real problem is separation that has entered into the world because of sin. So sin has made us or had made us, more accurately, separated from God. And difficult, if not impossible, for us then to truly belong. And by belonging, I mean being in a place, like I've said, where you can be yourself, 
where you can be seen, where you can be connected, but most importantly, where you can become more and more fully who you were intended to be, where you can be made whole. That's what belonging means. And separation is the problem, is the real problem. And so Jesus said, if you sin, if anyone sins, and what did we just learn in the encounter with the woman caught in adultery? Even though we haven't read it, hopefully most of you remember it. Jesus tells the Pharisees who would stone this woman, those of you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And so we are all not free on our own. Because we all have this condition, this problem of sin, which we also misunderstand. And we'll talk about that more next week. But separation due to sin is the real problem, and the real need is to belong. And so Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the truth isn't a set of things to understand or knowledge to know. The truth is what? I am the truth and the way and the life. The truth is a person that we can relate to and be in relationship with, and in that relationship then be set free. But Jesus' hope and God's hope, because we learn in this passage that Jesus says what? Before Abraham was, as the people keep escalating their argument, okay, we're children of Abraham, okay, no, we're children of God. This is where Jesus gives us one of the most profound statements in all of John's gospel. Before Abraham was, I am. Yahweh, I am. And so God himself has come to set us free, but it's not just to be free that he did that. It is so that we might belong. A slave does not fully belong to the family, Jesus says. But a son fully does. And if the son, the son, has set you free, you will be free indeed, but you will be free for something, to belong to me. And so our lives are not our own. And what we do in response to that is respond in love in a way where we always ask the question, Lord, my life is not my own. You have set me free and I could do whatever I want. I could say, can't control me. But instead, I choose to say, how can I respond to you in love and give my life to you just as you gave yours to me? 
And as we do that, then we will truly belong. We will truly be in a place where we can be ourselves and be more and more fully who God intended us to be. So may you respond to Christ in love and be set free to belong. May it be so. Amen.